and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 47. So Brooke, Nicole from our Let It Be group on Facebook asked, I'd love you guys to do a show on control. How being organized, planning an event, having a tidy house, etc., makes us feel in control and more able to cope with life. But sometimes we can have more fun, feel less stressed, and are nicer people to be around if we don't try and control everything. How do you decide where to sit on the continuum of control? So, <laughs> I'm a bit nervous about this episode because <laughs> you've stayed at my house. And you got to see, you kind of got a front row seat to see just how much of a control freak I am, particularly in my own house with regard to being in my routine and having a tidy house. And there are a few, well, actually one main reason I'm like that. But first I want to talk about you because I I don't get the control freak vibe off you, Brooke. (laughs) No, I, um, I think I used to be. I I think that I really used to be, and I think it was tied to self-worth and esteem and trying to find value in myself as a person. Like particularly, uh, I was going to say particularly, you know, after having kids and stuff, but I actually think that, that going back even as a teenager, I definitely had control freak tendencies. It wasn't maybe necessarily what people assume of, like a, a control freak, which is tidiness. I certainly wasn't tidy as a teenager. Like I'm fairly tidy now, but I'm not super organized. I'm not, you know, I'm not anal about things. So I'm definitely not a control freak now, uh, but I had tendencies, I think, uh, previously. And that was all about, I think, more so the fact that I felt completely out of control in myself. Yeah. The way my brain Mm -hmm. was working, I was depressed and very anxious for quite a long time. And I think that grasping onto control was my way of trying to pretend that I wasn't spiraling out of control. Yeah. If that makes sense. (laughs) So uh, it it wasn't so much like a, a hardwired, I like things to be orderly kind of thing but more so a, a coping mechanism. That being said, like, I like, I like tidiness, you know, I'll, I kind of keep most of the house, mostly tidy most of the time, <laughs> but it's, it's much more um, fluid and flexible than it used to be. And I'm much easier on myself about it too. And I think as a result, I'm happier because, because it's not, I don't think it was ever a hardwired thing that I ever had to break out of. It was more like I dealt with, the anxiety and the depression and the, the, the feeling that I was completely out of control mentally and emotionally specifically. And once that kind of came in and, and settled and I was able to, to find, you know, mental health and well-being, I, I just didn't cling to it nearly as much as I used to. And, I, you know, I came into the idea of rhythm as opposed to routine, which really suits me yeah. because it's, it's much more fluid and flexible and you can speed it up if you need to and you can slow it down if you need to and you can skip a step and it's fine. Whereas for me, routine, I get anxious thinking about it because <laughs> if I miss a step, then I'm failing. And so yeah. I, I guess it is kind of 
really tied into to self-esteem and, and self-worth because if I'm failing, then I'm more inclined to just throw my hands up and go, well, screw it, today's done, you know. Whereas rhythm, like, I know where I'm at and it's fine and I've always got a general feel for how things are tracking, uh, but I don't. I don't feel like I need to cling on to it as much as I used to. Yeah, does that... Does that sound like me? (laughs) No, no, it definitely sounds like you for sure. Absolutely. I'm just having like a little internal freak out because I kind of feel that maybe I should have talked about this with a therapist before talking about it on the podcast. (laughs) Don't feel like you have to share anything that you don't want to, Kel. Yeah, there's so many thoughts going on in my head. And I've never... One major, major reason... I am a bit of of a control freak is very much an anxiety thing. So I've been an anxious person my whole life. I didn't always have the word for it. But all I knew was if I was in control of my environment as much as it's possible to be in control of your environment and generally speaking, I put myself in a position where it's easy to control my environment, then... I felt more at ease and I felt mm. less anxious. So so that's something. And that is why traveling has always been a massive challenge for me. Because, right. Is because yeah. I'm not in control of my environment as much as I would like to be. And the times where I am most at ease when traveling is in situations where kind of I mentioned in the previous episode of this podcast where I said my preference is we go somewhere and we kind of put down roots, like we stay in the same place for that, you know, that period of time because that what that allows me to do is create an environment I am in control of and then once I've got like that kind of anchor or foundation to work off, then I can get on with enjoying being in this new place and experiencing these new things but if I'm not in control of my environment I really struggle and I really find it challenging and then I feel bad for the people who are traveling with me because I feel like I'm impacting their experience in a negative way because I'm kind of a little bit at sea so, yeah, so I've kind of learned with traveling that I do like to travel and go to new places, but if it's going to be one of those fly by the seat of your pants and, oh, we don't know where we're staying tonight, but we'll find somewhere when we get there type of situations, like that is challenging. Your worst nightmare. Yeah, it's, it's going to not – yeah, I'm going to find it really, really difficult to have a fun time and embrace the experience and every so often I'll do it just to push myself outside my comfort zone but yeah as a rule it's it's not my happy place um so now that we are in our new house it's really brought home to me just how much happiness I get from being in complete control of my environment because you know previous to that for three years we were living in someone else's house someone else who was quite happy for us to literally take over their whole house and act like it was ours, but it still wasn't my own place. Mm -hmm. And now that I am in my own place and I literally get to decide where everything goes and how everything is, like 
it's just a wonderful feeling. And what it means is I feel like I've now got the capacity to chill out more because I've got this ability to control my environment so greatly. So, you know, um, Nicole, when she said like, you know, sometimes we can have more fun, feel less stressed and are nice for people to be around if we don't try and control everything. I, I see what she is saying there, but I find that really difficult to do. I find it really difficult to let go and just let whatever happens happen and I can't chill. I can't relax in that circumstance. And I know this about myself. And while I do feel I should push myself to try and relax in this environment, like I have tried a lot and I just find in the end it's easier if I set up my environment the way that I like it and then I can relax. So, Mm. yeah, so that's one that's one aspect of the control kind of equation for me. It's from an anxiety point of view, but also from a being able to relax and be in the moment point of view. If I can set up my environment the way I like it to be and, you know, the way that I like it to be works with my family. Like they're not kind of pushing back against it going, we hate always having to do this. Like I can, you know, my kids can have their quilts in the living room. They usually actually just trash the living room, like put all the cushions on the floor and blah, blah, blah. And I've kind of gone, right, I can deal with them doing that because the kitchen's clean or or whatever. So I've kind of set it up so it's not like they're having to tiptoe around me going, I can't make a mess, otherwise mummy's going to lose her shit. Like, And I never got, like, I never got that vibe <laughs> staying in your place. No, honestly, I, I think you were worried, but I never once got that, that vibe oh, from that's you. Oh, that, that like, oh, you know, the kids don't feel like they can, they can yeah. play or whatever. Like that's obviously not who you are or how you, you know, how you, you like your home to be. You know what? I think you just know you know yourself, and you know where you operate best from, and that's from a place of, you know, I wouldn't like if you're judging yourself for it being a control thing, don't because I think it's just from a place of like your your base level of certainty or things being the way that you like them is the place from which you that you perform well, you know, in life and in work and in parenting and everything. And you know that, and that's great. There's like there's literally nothing wrong with that. I think if it was impacting on your ability to to enjoy things, then question it. But it, it like it doesn't seem to be at all, you know. Whereas for me, I I kind of had to retrain myself because I was what I was saying to myself was I will go and have fun or be more relaxed or be the person that people want to hang around or you know do those things once I get this done. And I would never achieve the level of Uh, perfection or done or whatever it was that I was looking for. So I never moved on to being that relaxed person. Like I just never did. I just lived in this perennial state of moving, uh, moving the, the goalposts on myself all the time. And like never, I literally never got there. So I literally never relaxed. I was never the person who's like, oh, well, thank goodness that's done. Now I can sit down and hang with my family it never happened. So I needed to let go in order to allow myself to, to get to that point. And I have, you know, for me, it's just been a, a huge shift because I don't think it was ever actually about, <laughs> about the thing being done. It was about self-worth and, you know, esteem and, 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 and feeling like I was worth something. Yeah. Yeah. So that for me, that's why I'm able now to, to just let go and, 
let go of control. Like, but I will say, I'm not by no means like the most easygoing person you're ever going to meet. Like, <laughs> by no means at all. Uh, you know, I like things done the way that I like them. And this year has actually been kind of challenging for me in a good way because Ben has been working from home this year. So, one like, which is wonderful. <laughs> and he's been able to help um, more with, you know, stuff around the home. And he does. Uh, you know, but I realized and continue to realize that I just have a way of yeah. doing things. It's my <laughs> way. And when I'm like, I find myself like having a dig at the way he hangs clothes on the line or something. Yeah. Like, Seriously, but just <laughs> let go. Like that is not a big deal. He is here and he's helping you and you don't have to do it. So shut up, you know? Yeah. So that's like a, a learning process for me. And I think I'm getting better at it and, you know, better at it not great at it yet Uh, but the interesting thing is I've found it because I've started to outsource some work-related tasks to other people and I have no problem with that even if it's not done the way that I would have done it um, I'm quite okay with with handing that that power over to the people who we're paying to do things and I don't have an issue at all I really thought I would because I've always struggled to delegate yeah. But the more I do it, the more I'm like, this is fantastic. This is amazing. Like, it doesn't it. have Take to be control. done the way I do it. It just gets done. Exactly. And I think that's a really important kind of test almost is to allow other people to do stuff and, and kind of get comfortable with the fact that it may not be done the way that you want it done, but it's done. Mm-hmm. And then also I think pay attention to the things that, really like you just like I know I just can't deal with how like I can't deal with how aunt hangs clothes on the line like you know he for years he was wash doing loads of laundry and hanging them on the line and it was lovely that he was doing that but he kind of just like literally like I can't even describe to you how he hangs them online he doesn't like shake out the piece of clothing first and line it up so that it's flat <laughs> um and then hanging up, like he literally, like if it comes out of the the basket in his hand in like a ball, he kind of hangs up the ball <laughs> <laughs> on the washing line. And I've kind of explained to him why, why clothes kind of have to be hung out the way that you want them to look, like when they're dry. But he just doesn't get it. Um, and he just doesn't care. So I think you have to – so I've – it's just gone to him now. Look, I really appreciate that you want to do this and help me doing this, but here's other ways you can help me, but this one I'm going to do. And I think you you learn to be discerning and go, right, that kind of like the way that he puts away dishes in the like in the cupboards, which is literally like wherever he thinks it might go <laughs> as opposed to where it actually does go. Um, <laughs> that I can deal with because I can I can move things around once he's put them away. But the fact that he's, um, you know, washed the dishes and dry them and put them away, like that that's golden to me. I don't care where they go. I can always put them away later. I put them in the right spot later. But, yeah, the, the clothes on the line <laughs> thing, I've, I've kind of had to go, okay, thanks. You can hang towels. That's it. But, yeah, I think it is important to, yeah, when you delegate to just check in and go like what are the things that really irritate you and then maybe you can't outsource that but you can outsource this thing you can outsource the the good enough is done kind of things but I I do like what you said in that this is something I could fight and go god Kelly just be less of a control freak and just learn to let go and just let other people do stuff for you and 
it takes so much energy for me to fight that mm. and to try to be a more easygoing person. It's much more easy for me to just be the way that I am, set up my environment to facilitate the things that I need to be in control of because then in setting up my environment for that, it creates space for me to chill out, you know. So it, quite often someone will see me kind of at home like, tidying the kitchen after we've had everyone for dinner and everyone's like well just leave those things and come and talk to us and it's like well no because if I just do these things now and get them done then I can come and talk to you and I'm not thinking about them they're done so it's just a little bit of a knowing yourself thing and I guess I want to distinguish there's a, a few different ways that control can impact people's lives and I think the one crucial difference is that I try to control my environment but I don't try to control the people in it yes and I think it's really important to distinguish between those two things because I think trying to control people is not really a great way to go about life controlling your environment can also be taken too far but it's a lot less impactful on other people and you can certainly reduce the impact on other people but trying to control people themselves is is probably not the best way of going yeah that i think you're right that's a really important distinction to make and what you've done is recognize that yes i i operate in a in a way that that feels good to me when these things are you know in in place uh, and if Ant puts things away that you're like, you're like, really? That does obviously doesn't go there. But you're you're not forcing him to change. You're yeah. you've recognized that that's actually about you and how you're yes. feeling, and you're <laughs> taking it on yourself to then go and fix it so that you can feel okay. You know what I mean? Like you're not asking yes. or like nagging or yelling or or getting upset at at him. You're rather accepting that he's been helping and, and that's a, a positive thing. And you're like, if there's an issue with where the glasses have been put away, that's actually my <laughs> issue, <laughs> not his. Yeah. And, but I think, I actually yeah. think that that's really important because that's a distinction that I think sometimes we fail to make and we try and change the person rather than the end result, you know, and if it's that important to us, then maybe we need to do it ourselves or learn to let go or learn to, you know, to, to deal with it in a different way. But I think, I've said it on a, on a podcast it was a while ago. I can't remember if it was this one or, or another, but I, I actually said that we can't change people. Yes. You see, you do say that quite a lot in your workshops whenever anyone says to you, how do I bring this person on board with what I'm doing? And you say, can't. I don't think you can. <laughs> like, I, I think you can inspire someone to change, but you can't physically force someone's behavior to change. You just can't. You can, you can force a child to pick a toy up, I suppose. But, you know, I, I really believe that you can't force someone to change. And people sometimes have an issue with that. Or you, not even a forcing. It's, it's a making. You can't make others change. And I think you can inspire them to change. But you need to understand that that's a very different thing than forcing or cajoling or nagging into into change Plus, yes. like no one wants to be the shrew you know as yes. well yeah no, <laughs> like, no one wants to be the shrew so <laughs> they either take it on as as an issue that that needs your attention or your action or you know learn a way of of getting around it that it isn't going to to bother you or or you know the other person but yeah i think that's a really really important distinction to make 
Yeah, I think it because that's it. I just when I look at it the way that I just I really really like my environment to be tidy. I like my house to be tidy, and if I'm going to lie down on a couch and chill out, reading a book or watching TV, the house has to be tidy in order for me to do that. And if I am expecting my family to keep my house tidy because that's the only way mummy's going to get a chance to relax, and I'm going to put that all on them, that's not fair. Hmm. Like it's not up to them to make my you know it is a certain amount they could be considerate but at the same time it's their house too yeah i think there's yeah yeah. there's definitely like a a balancing act there too because you're not going you're you're not everyone's made you know that and i don't think that's that's not what you're saying (laughs) um like your kids have got responsibilities and they understand that they need to keep things picked up and my family's the same you know my kids make their own beds and it's their responsibility to keep their room tidy but if that like if their version of tidying their room was a decent enough yeah, job for a five-year-old or a right. seven-year-old <laughs> is different to mine, then that's on me. That's not actually on them, you know, and then I'm choosing to spend my energy, my time, my, you know, my whatever, my anxiety on worrying about their rooms when they've already done it to, to their standard. And I think, I think that that's, oh, look, it's, it's compromise as well to a certain degree, isn't it? Yeah. But I think it is really important for people to understand that you're not saying that you're you're not your family's maid and you know it's not that's not the way it's working but and it's understanding um I was gonna say it's understand we can't control everything yes. and if you're caught in that thing of trying to control everything you, you're going to run into trouble and I guess this I just wanted to touch on a kind of another aspect of my life that I want have always tried to control and it's only in the last kind of 18 months to a year that I've learned to let go of this and that is that I have tried to control life (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. in that I have always felt that I can control bad things happening out of my life that's always been my feeling so bad things make me unhappy like you know disasters or just crappy things happening And I've always kind of felt like if I set up my life in a certain way, then those things can be controlled out of it and I shall always be happy. And the last two years have really taught me that it does not matter how on top of life you are. It doesn't matter how organized you are because I think a lot of my organizational tendencies come from that feeling of if I'm organized, then life will always be smooth and be a flat line, not not mega happy, not mega sad, just something nice in between, you know, Goldilocks type of life. And that's something that for a long time I was very, very frustrated when things, when bad things would happen or someone would get angry. I would take that upon myself as it being my fault. Like I didn't have the foresight to see this thing coming. Mm. So I should have done something else to prevent that happening. Or I didn't see the foresight. I didn't have the foresight to see that this person would get upset by this thing. And I should do something more in the future to prevent that happening. And so, yeah, so there's the control of in controlling my environment to allow myself to relax, which I think is not unhealthy. And then there is the control of if I'm organized and on top of everything and if I am prescient and I can always look ahead and live in the future and predict what's going to happen and then do things right now to prevent that thing happening, then life is going to be easy. Like I think that trying to exert that level of control over life 
is futile. Like mm. that's what I've learned. It's futile. I for a long time thought it was a thing and for a long time I thought it was a possibility to kind of control life into, like I said, this flatline state of, you know, this flatline Goldilocks state. And what I have realized now is that, no, you can't. So much so that a couple of years ago, like I, I like to do this one word for my year at the start of each new year, kind of like I use a guiding word for the whole year. And um, a couple of years ago, I chose to not have a word because <laughs> I was just going to go with it and just take life as it came which just had people in gales of laughter, like, <laughs> you know, like as if you're going to be able to do that, Kelly. But it was a really interesting exercise that year because I think that was the point when I realised, you know what, shit happens. Yeah, Shit happens to good people, shit happens to bad people. But so too do good things happen to, you know, good things happen as well and we just tend to focus on the shit a little bit more. And so that my goal for that whole year was just to roll with it and go, what happens, happens. And when it happens, you can deal with it rather than what I was doing previously, which was I was living permanently in the future, trying to predict what might happen. I was having conversations with people ahead of them happening and getting and having these conversations where I got really angry with the person and like, how dare you say that? And like, I'm going to say this and like, these are, these are conversations that aren't happening. I'm predicting that they're going to happen. And I'm investing all the emotion and all the anger and all the um, energy, emotional energy into these conversations. And then what do you know, like the future happens and those conversations don't even come to, they don't happen. And I'm like, wow, I just invested all that energy in something that never actually happened. And if it did happen, I would have, I would have used that energy twice. If you yes. know what I mean. Yeah. And all of that from just trying to be in control of everything. And so that was like what that year ta taught me is I think it was that um, someone told me to go and read Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. And there was something in that book where he said, it's just a one-liner, whereas it's like you can always cope with the now. Hmm. Like your, your track record, he doesn't say this, but your track record for coping with the now is 100%. <laughs> And, and that was a really, really massive turning point for me with regard to that whole trying to be in control of the future and trying to control life into submission thing. That's when I realized, oh, oh, like I don't need to be constantly looking ahead. Like, of course, we do have to look ahead and we do have to live in the future a little bit because living in the present is something that my husband does and it kind of drives me nuts because... He's the person that will, he'll just go out and have a good time and not think that, oh, the car's at the office and if I can't get the car home, then this is going to happen the next day. And so like I always laugh at him going, the only reason you get to live in the present is because I get, is I'm the one living <laughs> in the future. So someone has to do that. Someone has to think ahead a bit and be an adult, but I took it too far. I took it way too far. And then I was constantly disappointed and devastated when bad things happened because I could not believe I did not predict that they were going to happen and didn't mm. do something to head them off before they happened kind of thing. So these last couple of years have been quite amazing in that regard, in that, yeah, I don't 
try to control life so much anymore. I just go, what happens, happens. And when it happens, I'll deal with it. And I'm not fighting these battles daily with things that haven't happened yet, if you know what I mean. And it's yeah. quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I think that's huge. Like, I think, honestly, that's a huge shift and one for the better because you're literally trying to control the uncontrollable, you know, yes. and, and that's like... You're in an absolute hiding to nothing at that point, you know. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what it was. <laughs> and it was ridiculous. Anyway, and I was doing it to try and give myself happiness. And yeah. of course, it was doing everything but. And right now, this place right here and now where I am, I'm so much happier for the fact that I'm, you know, so even with when things go wrong now and I know that say there's a conversation coming up with a person that I think is going to get heated, like in the past I would have that conversation ahead of the conversation hmm. and now I kind of just go, you know, it's a bit like what I was saying to you where I've kind of learnt the thing of you don't have to engage with every thought that enters your head. Yes. So now that I've I've gotten in that thing of like the the conversation will flow in front of my view and I'll start having that conversation with that person and I'll go, whoa, whoa, hang on a second. I don't have to have this conversation now in my head. It's going to happen in the future. I will deal with it then. And it's so interesting to see how these conversations never pan out how I think they're going to anyway. So having the conversation ahead of time is always a pointless exercise (laughs) anyway. So yeah, this this year's just been um, so interesting for me in these little breakthroughs that I've had with regard to these control issues that I've had because in making a very conscious decision that yes, I will continue to control my environment because I know that that does add to my happiness, but this whole controlling to control life thing does not in any way add to my happiness. It just makes me feel frustrated and, and gives me opportunities to self-flagellate like in being conscious and making those very intentional choices, I can't even describe how life-changing that's been. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter and on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery and on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag letitbepod or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.